Welcome to CEO and Founder Magic, the podcast for entrepreneurs with stories to tell about your success. I'm Sheila Clefcorn, professional fractional CMO for B2B companies and host of the podcast. I'm deeply committed to transforming the world through technology, one company at a time. So stick with me until the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest with just 15 to 20 minutes of your time. I'm glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to the CEO and Founder Magic podcast. I am excited today to have Srikant Chilapa with me from Engagedly. He is the president and founder, co-founder of Engagedly uh, that helps to develop highly high-performance workplaces. Welcome, Srikant. Well, thanks, Sheila. It's a pleasure to, uh, to be on the show. Well, tell me a little bit about your journey. I love what your company is doing. Oh, thanks. Um, you know, my journey has been a little bit of a zigzag. It's not a straight line, like probably most people out there. And I started my career as an engineer, uh, then became a process and and uh, management consultant uh, with EY. I did that for a few years. Um, and then I really, uh, entrepreneurship has always attracted me, to be honest, because I like taking risks in life as long as it doesn't kill me. And uh, I, I I decided to jump ship at EY and go to a small startup in IT services consulting space. Mm-hmm. I did that for about nine years. Grew that company uh, 50 times from the time I took over uh, as the lead uh, client uh, growth partner in that, in that organization. And then left that because it got eventually uh, to a point where it wasn't a startup anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I wanted to do it get back into the hustle and engagely was an idea that was proposed by a friend of mine um jay and he's he thought that engagement was a big issue and it still remains a big issue uh this was obviously seven years ago and i uh, decided to take the plunge with him and that's basically how i ended up uh here you know now we are obviously uh still a startup in many ways but a lot more mature and our status is default alive at this point so that's uh you know where I feel like we've at least checked the box of survival. <laughs> well, that's great. What a great journey. Um, so it, it, employee engagement is certainly different um, at this point with COVID. I know that uh, President Biden says that it's over, but uh, at this point, after the pandemic is over, engagement and is different. We have hybrid workplaces. We have... Uh, the great resignation, we have employees directing their work in a lot of different ways than they did pre-pandemic. So what are you seeing out there? You know, um, one thing that I I have noticed is a fundamental shift in the balance of power. Um, Until recently, and it's been a gradual change, to be honest, to be honest, so uh, to be candid, employers had all the power. The balance of power has shifted where people are now saying they need agency in their own lives. Mm -hmm. They want to... uh, More than ever. More than ever, they want to path their own own journey. They want to select when they want to work for, who they want to work for. And if they don't find purpose, they they don't want to necessarily be in that job, even if it pays well. Uh, If it doesn't uh, give them fulfillment 
and uh, some sort of a life work life balance or work life integration that works for them they're ready to leave and they can do that now because there's a shrinking workforce now uh, regardless of the impending the uh, impending um, recession that we are in a generational shift of a shrinking workforce we have about i don't know tens of millions if not more i can't remember the exact number who have permanently left the workforce we have a very tight immigration policy that does not increase the skilled workforce in this country anymore as it used to in the 90s and 2000s and people are having less babies so we have a situation where even if we have a recession which i think we will uh, in the next 3 to 6 months um, most likely it's not going to change the dynamic of of people uh, having the power more than ever before and seeking agency in their own career and growth so what that means is organizations have to now shift their thinking to see how can they make the organization work for the employees and not just for the profit uh, and growth that they are seeking at the expense of the employees so that so fundamental what shift what are you seeing you know you do so much to help companies with engagement and i i want you to talk about that but but what are you seeing entrepreneurs doing right now that's making a difference so well entrepreneurs uh, like me and other entrepreneurs have realized that they need to first of all they need to they, they realize that there's power in being even a solopreneur a lot of solopreneurs have done really well because of that and that's primarily because you don't actually need full time employees on your payroll uh, anymore as he, as as the work has gotten more remote and hybrid right people mm-hmm. are comfortable working in different places and managers are getting especially the entrepreneurs are getting comfortable managing people who are not in the same same time zone or in the same location or even in the same country mm-hmm. so that creates this world of opportunities for entrepreneurs to start new businesses working with specialists you know people like you for example right mm-hmm. where they can work at, at with fractional specialists instead of trying to hire and build a team in house so that gives them a great edge in being able to do that so entrepreneurs who think differently about how to create their workforce whether they're using a a fractional cmo like i am and an agency outsourced people using freelancers using part part-time people uh looking at flexible work days um flexible time schedules i know in the in the 90s when i was running a, a much bigger ad agency the the most innovative thing they would do is job sharing where one person would come in in the morning and one person would uh cover the afternoon that kind of thing um but yeah there's a lot of different situations that are working and are you seeing that that's making a big difference for your clients and how are they keeping those different kinds of work situations those people engaged as well you know engagement becomes a problem when you go remote um i i will be honest about that you know it is not as easy to engage people as it is when you're in the same space um and it's because now you have to make a special effort you can't just go around and have a little chat here and there and build that camaraderie you have to actually make an effort to engage them and then you engage them through building a common purpose in your organization you engage them with aligning on the values um you engage them by giving them uh, recognition when they when they deserve it and giving them feedback when they need to get better uh, the workforce today i believe uh you know from all the data i've seen and from my own uh own interactions with my own teams is that they want feedback they want to get better 
you know they want to know when they're doing well and when they're not doing well um, and they can so they can focus on doing better and also they also want to know can they work in the areas that, that are aligned to their strengths rather than trying to uh, remediate their weaknesses right right and and i think that um, that approach in a remote environment makes uh, a little bit more effort from the managers and the organization to make sure that they are acknowledging those individuals and in the hybrid environment actually that gets a little bit harder uh, in fact because now you have more proximity to somebody who's in the office so now you have to consciously make sure you're balancing your time and your mind share with the person mm-hmm. who's not in the office not outside knocking on your door and say hey you have 20 minutes to chat or um, hey, I'm going to go get some lunch. Do you want to join me? You know, you don't have that luxury the with, the remote, remote, with, the remote, uh, with the remote employee. So that makes it even more harder if you're a hybrid, actually. It's easier to do fully remote or fully on office. Hybrid makes it a lot more complicated because mm-hmm. if you're not inside, not in mind situation can easily take over. Um, so that challenges can be alleviated by using some, you know, obviously the behavior has to change, but a software can help, right? Mm-hmm. We, by having a product like Engagely, you know, people can form online groups, they can give recognition, uh, they can give people virtual badges, they can give real-time feedback, they can set, uh, you know, common aligned goals with OKRs and other things like that. So a lot of tools like ours and other tools out there as well that can help bridge that gap. And so a platform like Engagedly, what size of company is a, a good target for it? You know, I... Generally speaking, our platform our platform suits well for organizations about 150 200 employees, up to about 2,000 employees in general. Uh, anything below that, you probably don't need a platform like ours. You can probably get away with using some kind of a collaboration tool. Mm-hmm. Um, anything above 2,000, you get you get a lot more complexity in the org structure and reporting requirements and. Uh, you know, different type of organizational complexities that can uh, become a barrier to adopting our our platform. But um, but typically, mid-market is what I would say. So if you're a company of 200 employees, what are the kinds of challenges that they're experiencing that your platform is uniquely suited for? So here's the thing, right? If you are 200 or 300 employees, your challenges for the most part, it's 80% common. If you had a Venn diagram, you know, I would draw two circles. There's your AT&T, right? Which is, I don't know, 50,000 employees or whatever the number is. And here's your 300-person company. The overlap of the challenges of managing people, I would say there's probably 70 to 80% overlap because you still got to do some kind of a performance assessments or reviews or, or performance management, however you do that. We obviously promote more progressive, agile approach to performance management. You still have to set goals. They still have training and learning and growth requirements. They still have to actively engage their employees. So there's a lot of these challenges that still have in common. So they can either A, spend a lot of money, buy a bigger HCM suite that does all of those things, um, or get a platform like ours that does it for a lot less expensive and it's a lot easier to implement. You may obviously not have necessarily all the functionalities that a Workday or an SAP might give you, uh, but it gives you 80%. It gets you 80% there at a fraction of the uh, cost and fraction of the implementation fee, implementation uh, timelines and effort. But you also get uh, the flexibility and the tools that makes it a lot more fluid and easy to use. You know, because we are built on a newer generation of 
code. It's more consumer-centric usability. Uh, with what we call it consumer-centered usability with, uh, with uh, uh, a business-centric uh, functionality. And so what have some of your clients experienced having used the platform before? You know, one thing is, is, is being able to do things at scale, right? It's very, very hard to run any kind of goal setting and goal alignment process across 100, 200 or more people on Excel spreadsheets and, <laughs> yes. and, and CSVs and Google Sheets. Then, then having to uh, set up onboarding and training programs for people at scale. When I say scale, I'm, I'm talking about just 100, 200. I'm not talking about thousands here. Even at that level, it's very, very hard to do that and be able to be uh, consistent, repeatable. So, so they're seeing a lot more benefits in basically automating, automating their basic HR processes and then going the step further, engaging their people, right? They can engage in our remote workforces without having to do one at a time they have a, they have systems in place that can help managers do it at scale. So multiple managers can use the same process, same systems, same value based approaches to do that at scale. So that's so being able to come up with a really good process that we know works for the current generation and the current workforce and requirements, but being able to do that at scale um, is, I think, the biggest benefit our clients see. That's great. Well, I, it. Dealing with our people is the the biggest thing that we think about as entrepreneurs, as CEOs, as founders, and just knowing that there are more technology solutions out there like Engagedly who can help us do the things that um, are mission critical for our organizations, but we typically think shouldn't take up most of our time. <laughs> and so it, it's kind of a trade-off and technology can help with that. Yes. Um, so... Talk about your journey as an entrepreneur yourself. Uh, you've helped grow other organizations, certainly um, at EY and others like that. But this being a startup, what would you say is the primary takeaway or the thing that you've learned that you would most say to somebody else who is thinking about taking a similar journey? You know, it takes a lot longer and it's a lot harder than people give credit when they first start. And that's why a lot of people quit. And when you hear the statistics all the time, right? Startups, especially in tech startups, 90% of startups fail um, or whatever the number is. I don't know the exact number because it's hard to, hard to actually call somebody a startup if they're just one person or they're actually five people or seven people who've actually raised some fund. Is that the startup? At what point does a startup really count, right? Um, but let's just say 90% for, for argument's sake. Most people, most it's because, and they fail because of two reasons, right? Either a they chose the wrong product or the wrong idea at the wrong time, or they had the wrong team together, or they ran out of cash, and it's all a consequence of not really truly understanding what it takes to build a successful company. If they had the grit and the perseverance to say. I will run this for the next three years or six years and see where it goes. And I will learn along the way and pivot as I learn more from the market. I think you have a much better chance of success if you keep that mindset, right? So my, uh, my advice would be to people that it is a lot harder. It's a lot, it takes a lot longer than what you think it's going mm -hmm. to take. There are success stories. You hear, you know, 
Slacks out there. There's, you know, ClickUp's doing great. All these companies are hit to, hit to a unicorn level in four years, five years. The reason you hear about them is because they are the exceptions. They're not the rule. That's why they make the news. For every one of them, there's, an, there's another hundred of them who are successful but won't make the news because so they're, they're still hard to work through those great. And then for every hundred of them, there's a thousand of them will, who didn't make it at all. Yeah. Right. So if you, so it depends on, you know, don't make your benchmark, you know, Amazon or ClickUp or, a, um, or a Facebook, you know, you're, those are the, those are the newsmakers. <laughs> so. Absolutely. My agency just turned 23 years old this week and all it does is make me feel old. i'm very very happy about all of our success and the success that we've been able to drive for our clients just hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue and sales um but it's been hard work and and the people part of it is some of the most challenging so my hat is off to you for developing a platform that can help companies and entrepreneurs succeed in developing more engaged employees. It, it's the thing that we all want. It's also the thing that's really hard to do. So uh, my hat's off to you for doing that. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they best do that? Well, uh, so my name is Sri or Srikant Chalapa. I go by Sri for, for simplicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can reach me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, or they can look learn more about Engagedly at engagedly.com, E-N-G-A-G-E-D-L-Y.com. Great. Well, Shri, it was wonderful having you on the podcast. Much success to you going forward. And that's it for today for the CEO and Founder Magic Podcast. See you next time. Thank you for listening to CEO and Founder Magic, the podcast for entrepreneurs with stories to tell about your success. If you felt like this podcast interview captured your story, would you share it on social media? It's easy. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your social account. Be sure to use hashtag CEO Founder Magic and tag anyone you think would be a great guest. I love to see your posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to be sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe and we'll be excited to have you listen. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. And if you know of other business to business company CEOs who have compelling stories and who might like to be on this program as well, please visit KEO dot bz slash book today that's k-e-o dot bz slash book today and if you want to know more about our fractional cmo program just go to our website do a, a search on services for fractional cmo or you can follow me on linkedin facebook and instagram at k-e-o marketing thanks for listening we'll see you next time i'm sheila clefcorn and it's been a pleasure having you on ceo and founder Ventures.